Yo, and welcome to TLDR Podcast, week five. Another week, another Instagram baseball post, another <laughs> middle school troll account rattled with my fantasy picks for shortstops this week. James, two things. One, I know you have some announcements. And two, what the fuck is with the kids these days? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea, man. These kids are just hiding behind screens, talking shit. But you know, that's what it is. And you're right, I do have an announcement. So if you guys all saw, and if you didn't, that sucks for you. Be on the lookout for it next time. But we're doing a giveaway. It is a $50 Amazon gift card, and we have a winner. Congratulations to AJ Garrity. He won. I'll be contacting you soon. And for everybody else out there, we'll be doing a lot of giveaways in the upcoming weeks. I'll be on the lookout. There'll be merch. There'll be gift cards. Like, comment, subscribe. Share with your friends. There'll be more. Wow. AJ. Yeah. AJ is a lucky guy. What's up, Tyler? What's up, Eric? How's your golf game? Uh, not going for a while. <laughs> yeah. Heard you uh, sucked again today. Oh, yeah. that means I really sucked then. I yeah, lost man. about one stroke, man. Come I on think I, I've come to the realization that I spend a lot of money and time doing that sport. So I think I need a lesson before I go back out there, you know, because I started to mentally lose it today. And, and uh, a wise man once said the sport was named golf because the words fucking shit were already taken. So that's yeah. a little uh, All the other uh, four-letter yeah. words. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, I see you down there looking like a Justin Turner doppelganger. How are you doing today? <laughs> Dude, I'm good. Baseball starts this week. Ready to roll. That's why I wore the jerseys today instead of hanging them up behind me. Yeah, we're good. We're living. Trading. I see uh, the Chapman Hockey Town jersey in the back. Repping yes, with the uh, assistant captain there. or, or uh, Yeah, assistant <laughs> captain. Wow. Yes, sir. Um, sup, boys? Hey, I'm just coming back from a well- well-deserved, in my opinion, vacation, uh, and I'm ready to roll. Let's go. Uh, All right, guys. So so the order this week we got for you is Tyler will be first talking National League Baseball playoff predictions already. The season hasn't playoff, even begun yet. Uh, second is going to be James talking the NFL AFC West Division. Yes, I know there's four teams in there, and yes, I know who they are, James. You didn't think Congratulations, I Congratulations, Eric. Proud yeah. for you. Third will be Alex talking uh, MVP and Cy Young picks for the MLB, even though the season hasn't begun yet. We already just covered that. And last of not least, Traden will be talking his NHL Eastern play-in rounds. When we come back, Tyler will take us away. Welcome back. Welcome back to TLDR. That's right. The season hasn't even started yet, and Tyler already wants to talk playoffs. Tyler, <sighs> let's hear about it. That's right. All right. MLB opening days. This week, guys, we have baseball games that count, that matter. I hope you guys are excited about it for I am, as I am. Um, last week, I talked about the American League team, so this week I'm going to go in the National League. I'm going to do this the same way I did last time, so I'm going to go division by division and kind of go from the team that's going to finish fifth all the way up to first for each division. So starting off in the NL East, uh, the Miami Marlins uh, in 2019, they lost 105 games. Uh, this team hasn't had a winning season since 2009. 
Um, I don't think that's going to change this year either. Um, they added some key vets to a young, talented team, like outfielders uh, Jonathan Villar, Corey Dickerson, Matt Joyce, uh, first baseman Jesus, Jesus Aguilar, and catcher Francisco Cervelli. Um, I think this team really needs to take a step forward to, to see if that franchise is moving in the direction that they want to, um, but they're just not going to be competitive yet this, this, this season. Tyler, what's been their problem? The, they're just rebuilding. I mean, they traded a lot of guys away. Re- rebuilding since, since it, 2000, whatever it was. 2009. Well, 2009. Yeah, it's just bad. Bad. That's an 11-year rebuild, bro. Bad. It's just Dude, this, bad this, literally, you're call, you're 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 describing the Edmonton Oilers, right? Yeah, now. yeah, it's just bad. I mean, they they had guys like Christian Yelich, Mar- Marcel Zuna, on their team that they, and they traded all those guys away. Um, they also had their eighth pitcher die in a boat crash. Which, yeah, that, yeah, that didn't ooh. help either. Does not help the. Yeah, pitching side of things. Yeah, so the Marlins have been going through a rough go of it the last decade or so, and uh, hopefully, like I said, this season it'll kind of go in the right direction. <clears throat> um, but yeah, they're they're still not in a, in a good spot. Uh, in fourth place, I have the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, this is a team that has pretty high expectations, a, a pretty high payroll. Uh, last year, they finished eighty-one to eighty-one. Um, I think this is going to be another another disappointing season just because of that division is just really is really tough. Um, they added a, they added a DD Gregorius and Zach Wheeler. They have a new manager, a new hitting coach, and, and a new pitching coach. Um, so a lot of changes up up front for those for, for those guys. Um, there's, there's a lot of question marks on on the pitching side. Um, other than Aaron Nola, like they just got a lot of guys that either have injury issues or are inconsistent. Guys like uh, Jake. Arietta, Zach Eflin, um, these guys need to kind of step it up this year if they even want to be c- competitive. Um, and the lineup also has concerns. McCutcheon's coming back from ACL. And then Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, um, these guys just need to um, be more consistent at the plate. Um, like I said, high expectations, but I think they'll fall short. Uh, at third, in third place, I uh, have the New York Mets. Um, they finished third last year as well. Um, they're starting rotation headlined by back-to-back signing winner, Jacob deGrom. Um, four, however, is out with Tommy John. So he's not in the rotation anymore. Other than deGrom, they got Strawman, Matt, Porcello, and Waka. Uh, their headline or their lineup is headlined by the 2019 rookie of the year, P. Alonzo, Jeff Mitchell, J.D. Davis. They have Jonas Cespedes coming back. Uh, so we'll see how effective he can be. Uh, Robinson Cano is also on the team, but he's up there with age. Um, I think they'll battle for a wild card spot, but they just got a lot of question marks. Um, this team has a really high ceiling. They can be really good, but just with kind of their age and their the, the inconsistency with this team in the last few years, I just don't really trust them to grab a uh, top spot. Uh, how, many, uh, how many bombs is Pete Alonzo? Is he going to have in 30 games or 60 games? Ooh. 30 game. I'm going to go, he's going to go 14. 14 and 30? Mm-hmm. Or 60. I keep saying 30. I don't know why, but I mean 60. Yeah. I, I honestly that's, haven't really given that a thought of like what a 60-game season and how stats are going to work. So that'll be interesting to kind of see what the benchmark is um, for home runs and like what like who finishes at the top. Um, yeah, Just so take like, all their all stats their and divide it by three. <laughs> Big math numbers. Yeah, there you go. That's kind of what I tried to do in my head, but I don't know if it worked. Uh, all right, so the uh, Washington Nationals uh, finishing second. Obviously, these guys are the d- defending World Series champions. 
the biggest loss with was uh, Rendon signing with the Angels. Um, but but they still got a pretty good lineup. Juan Soto, Howie Kendrick, Sterling Castro, Eric Thames, Carter Keboom is this unproven prospect that hopefully can step up and replace Rendon at third. Um, they probably have one of the best uh, rotations of baseball. Scherzer, Strasburg, Patrick Corbin doesn't get much better than that. Um, than those three guys. Um, the bullpen is a question mark, but they got Daniel Hudson and Sean Doolittle to anchor down those late innings. Um, it's going to be a really interesting battle for the wild card in this National League. I'll get to that a little bit more later, but I think they finished second. Uh, the Atlanta Braves here, I think, are the easy favorites to win this division. Last year, they won 97 games, lost in the first round to the Cardinals. Uh, star starter lineup, Cunha uh, Jr., Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies. Uh, they added Marcel Ozuna to their lineup. Uh, great pole pen. Uh, the rotation is the only kind of small concern I have for the Braves. Um, Mike Soroka is, should be solid. Uh, Fultonevich had a really good 2018, a really subpar 2019. So we'll see if he can bounce back. Uh, if Max Freed can build his success and if Cole Hamels will be effective at all for the Braves. Um, so the, the rotation is solid, but I think their only small weakness. Um, but with that in mind, I think that they'll definitely win the division. Um, what do you guys think of the East? You said they're the clear, the Braves are clear cut winner there. Yeah. Um, I disagree with you. I think the Nationals yeah. will actually end up taking it. So even though they lost Rendon, that's pitching staff, dude. It, like you said, it's elite. It doesn't get any better than those top three guys right there. Um, for the Braves, my main concern is Freddie Freeman. He just got back like what, a couple days ago. He said he was fighting for his life. He was praying like, mate, God, please don't take me. 104 degree fever, like he's not going to be productive in the first couple of weeks of the season. He's literally just coming back. He's not going to be the same player. So with that being said, I've watched the Nationals at 34 games, the Mets in second with 33 games, and the Braves in third with 32 games. It's very tight for me. It's, That's it's what interesting. I see playing out. It's interesting you say that because um, Vegas has them has according to the odds, they're they're those the top four teams in the in the East for the National League are. It, it seems like it could go anywhere. Um, it's actually the most competitive I've seen of all the leagues so, thus far with the Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals, you know, over under 33 and a half games with, with the Mets and the Phillies trailing just behind one or two games. I mean, according to the odds, Vegas thinks that this could probably be one of the closest uh, matchups in, in, ter in terms of the division. I mean, I don't know what you think, uh, Alex. Yeah, I have the Nationals. Um... I agree with James, Freddie Freeman, you know, if he's off to a slow start and has his timing off for two weeks, that's, you know, each game ends up being about three games in a regular season, two weeks. That's a really long time to not be on top of it. Um, I don't think Colton Evans bounces back. I actually just saw they had a little spring training game against the Marlins and he gave up back to back to back homers to the Marlins. So that's not a good sign. Oof. Uh, yeah, so I have the I have the Nationals in the East. I think that three-headed monster can carry that team, just like I was talking about last week with that three-headed monster of the Rays. Pitching is going to win out, I think, in this uh, shortened season for sure. Yeah, obviously we said it many times, but that 60-game season is going to be a huge uh, wild card in, in all of this. But, yeah, I agree. I think that division along with the Central is really, really tight, and it could be honestly any one of those uh, three or four teams could, could, could win it. Okay, uh, moving on to the NL Central. 
Uh, in last place, I got the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, they finished last last season. Uh, this franchise is in a rough place right now. They had a really toxic year last year that featured dirty play on the field, fights within the clubhouse. Uh, their best pitcher was charged with having sex with a minor. So they just got a lot of shit going on right now. Um, they can't trade for shit. Guys like they've that they tr- traded away in recent years, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, Charlie Morton, just, just to name a few. Uh, so this franchise from top to bottom just does not seem a good place. Hopefully they can put it, put it all behind them in 2020, but the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be at, at the bottom. Uh, in fourth place, they got the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they finished second last year, made, made the wild card spot, and lost in the wild card game to the Nationals. Uh, 2020, they lost a few bats. They, they lost Travis Shaw, Yasmani Grandal, and Mike Moustakis. Uh, they did sign Christian Yelich to a seven-year deal, so they got that guy locked up for a while. Um, however, I think they're going to take a step back for the time being until they can kind of rebuild and get some more bats in their lineup. They do still have Ryan Braun and, and Lorenzo Kane, but they're getting up there in age. Uh, they, they, they have really solid pitching uh, led by Brandon, Brandon Woodruff. I think this guy is going to be really, really good. Uh, Josh Hader in, in, in that bullpen. So good pitching, but just not enough hitting. Um, in third place, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. They won the division last year. Uh, I'm, I'm, and they lost the, the NLCS to Washington. Um, I think overall, just the depth is a concern for this team. Um, their pitching features Jack Flaherty. Uh, Carlos Martinez. They have a new, a new Korean pitcher. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Won Hyun Kim. Um, we'll see if he can be effective at all. Um, so that'll be an interesting arm to to look for. Um, the offense lost Ozuna the Braves. They still, but they still, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, one, uh, one of the best hitters in the National League. Matt Carpenter, Dexter Fowler. Um, but besides that, I don't think their lineup is that deep. Um, they, the, the Cardinals have always had good young talent come up for, from, from, their, from their organizations, so I think they'll probably need a couple of those guys to step up to be competitive. Um, like I said, just this division is too tough. I think they'll finish third. Uh, in second place, I have the Cincinnati Reds. Um, here comes the big red machine, guys. Um, this team has gone through a few losing seasons the last few years, but I think this shortened season, um, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, their lineup. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, he hit 49 home runs last season. They signed Nick Castellanos, a great hitter from Detroit. Um, he, he got traded to, to the Cubs last season. Uh, Mike Moustakis signed a three-year deal with the Reds. Joey Votto was one of these guys that he's a, he's an old vet. He had a really rough year last year. So I don't know if that's a sign of regression, but he's still a huge threat. Um, so they just got a lot, lot of good bats in that lineup. They're starting pitching. Luis Castillo, legit. legit. Sonny Gray is kind of bouncing back after a few rough seasons. Trevor Bauer, weird guy, but a pretty good pitcher. Um, <laughs> and then Anthony DiScalfani showed signs of some real good pitching last season. I, I, I think he adds to that this year. So this is kind of my, my risky pick, kind of out there pick. Um, but but I think the Reds are going to finish second, and they're and they're going to compete for a uh, wild card spot. Um, and then I, and then I have the Cubs finishing at the top. Uh, they did have a disappointing 2019, but let's not overlook them. They still have a great rotation with John Lester, Kyle Hendricks, Jose Quintana, and Hugh Darvish. And their lineup has Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, along with Kyle Schwarber and Wilson Contreras. Um, they, they 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 have good depth. I think that they bounce back and win the 2020 
division in the Central. What do you guys think? I have the Cubs finishing fourth. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Not a, fan of the, not a fan of the David Ross hire. I think that's weird to hire your, like, someone that was literally playing on that team literally four years ago. Um, I think that's super weird, and I don't think he's going to be able to control the clubhouse. So I have the Cardinals winning, and I have the Brewers finish second, Reds, Cubs, Pirates. It's another, t- it's another close one. I mean, talking one or two games – uh, you know, separating each other in terms of the in terms of the odds. So it's it could go any any which direction. Just like kind of like the East, I'd say. You know. Yeah, I got the red. Are you speaking or Vegas speaking? It's Vegas speaking, but I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna pull that out there because I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they know more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> James, you said Reds, Brewers, Cubs. Yep, that's a, that's my top three right there in that order. I mean, they're all separated by a game each. This, yeah, the six game season, man. Like it's every game. Every game's yeah. gonna be a battle. It's gonna be ridiculous. Really fun to watch. Really excited for it. All right, moving on to the NL West. I got the Giants finishing in last. Uh, the Bochi era is over. Um, in comes Gabe Kapler, their new manager. Um, I think this te- this this season's gonna be like a twenty twenty teaser trailer for the, for what's to come for the Giants. Uh, Buster Posey opted out. Um, but you guys get to see Joey Bart, who's their number one prospect at catcher. So I think for Giants fans, that can be an exciting thing to, to look forward to. Um, but this team. So does that mean Buster Posey's era in San Francisco is over? Is that what that's signaling? I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a sign of things to come. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Posey is going to be back um, next season. But, it, but you are going to see Joey Bart, who's pretty much the future of that franchise. So I don't think it's over, over for Buster Posey. But. Um, you know, you'll get to see a little bit of what's to come for this this shortened season. Um, and then the Colorado Rockies, I finishing fourth. Uh, this is the same story, different year for this team. They have a, a loaded lineup: Arenado, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, along with David Dahl, Ian Desmond, Daniel Murphy. But these guys just can't pitch. You know, blame it on Coors Field, blame it on bad pitching coaches. Who knows? Um, they just have so much inconsistency and spend way too much money on pitchers that just don't work out for them. Um, so I think it's the same going to be the same story for the Rockies and they'll finish fourth. Uh, and third, I had the, the San Diego Padres last year. They, they finished last. Um, so I think they'll take a step forward. They got a lot of good uh, young talent. They have the best farm system in, in baseball, a uh, young pitching staff, Chris Paddock went nine and seven with a three, three, three ERA in his rookie season last year. Uh, M- Mackenzie Gore is the number five overall prospect in baseball. He, he might see some playing time this season, so look out for him. Um, and their bullpen, uh, Kirby Yates, has, has posted a 1.67 ERA since 2018. Um, so they got some good pitching. Their only question is their lineup, just inconsistency. They, they got, you know, Manny Machado. Fernando Tatis is coming off from some injuries. Eric Cosmer is getting a little bit up there. So their lineup isn't great, but uh, their pitching is really good. And I think they take a step forward, but they finished third. Uh, in second place, they got the Diamondbacks. Uh, again, stacked lineup for this team. Catel uh, Marte finished fourth in MVP last year. Eduardo Escobar, David Peralta, Kelly, Christian Walker, Nick Ahmed. Um, they added Starling Marte and, and Cole Calhoun to that lineup. Uh, pretty solid lineup, one through nine this year because we got the DH. Um, pitching has potential to be pretty good. Zach Gallen put a 2.89 ERA in eight starts with the team last year. Uh, Luke Weaver, Robbie Ray, and they added uh, Madison Bumgarner to that rotation. 
Um, I think they'll be a, con a contender for the, for the wild card and they'll finish second. And at first place, no question here, Los Angeles Dodgers, my boys in blue. Um, they're going to be winning the division again. I mean, this lineup is stacked. Betts, Muncie, Turner, Bellinger, Seeger, Peterson, Smith. I mean, just a lot of great lineup, a, lot, a huge lineup. Um, pitching, Kershaw, Bueller, uh, Wood, Urias. I, I, I think Stripling's going to get that fifth spot for them. Uh, bullpen's pretty solid. Really, the only question for this team is, is can they beat their postseason demons and win the World Series? Um, hopefully it happens. Um, it's, a, it's another year of high expectations for this team, but I definitely expect them to win that division. Uh, what do you guys think out in the West? Yeah, I got the Dodgers. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no question, dude. <laughs> That's pretty much all I want to say about that is Dodgers win by a decent amount. Yeah. Like it's no, it's no competition. All right, and real quick, just to wrap up my wrap up my wild card predictions. Um, this is going to be like a six seven team race for those two wild card spots. I think that National League wild card is really competitive. This is a really really tough decision, um, but I went with my gut here, and I think the Diamondbacks and the Reds are going to grab the two wild card spots. I had Braves and Brewers, and a dog, and Gus. <laughs> that's a different dog that's the next one <laughs> well right. thank you for that Tyler uh, we'll see what happens to the Dodgers once the playoffs come around we all know what happens but uh, when we return James will talk to you guys about who to worry about in the NFL AFC West division welcome back everybody we're not talking East. We're not talking West. We're talking AFC West. James, all you, brother. Thank you, Eric. So last time I did the NFC West. Today, we'll do the AFC West. We're going to start with the Los Angeles Chargers this time. I don't know why they moved from San Diego to Los Angeles because they lost half their fan base, but it is what it is. <laughs> In 2019, they went 5-11. They really shouldn't have been this bad. They lost nine games by seven points or less and four, lost four games by three points or less. Their net point differential was negative eight. They really could have, they could have easily been a wild card team. Like it was just bad luck on their part. They coached by Anthony Lynn, who is in going to his fourth year of coaching. And in 2019, they ranked 21 in total offense and 14th in total defense. Going into this off season, their biggest weakness was their offensive line. They haven't had a passing grade higher than 26th since 2014. They went to this year's draft and they drafted Justin Herbert, a QB out of Oregon. Kenneth Murray, a linebacker out of, out of Oklahoma, and Joshua Kelly, a running back from UCLA. They did lose a lot of big-name guys on this side. They lost um, Philip Rivers. He went over to, uh, to, another, to the Colts. And he's like a <laughs> – he's 30 years old, but he's still pretty productive. Tough year last year. They also lost Melvin Gordon, Derek Watt, Michael Schofield, not the guy from prison break, but the guard. Uh, Brandon Meebain and Thomas Davis Sr. They re-signed Hunter Henry and got Brian Bulaga from the Packers. Pretty much one of the best tackles in the league. Got into a steal. Amazing. Three or $30 million. $30 million. They also got Linval Joseph from the Vikings and Chris Harris. Chris Harris is a four-time roller from the Broncos. Big name guy. It's going to be great. My prediction in 2020 is that they go 10-6. and six. Like I said before, they really weren't that bad of a team. They were really just a couple plays away from being a 10 and 16 or a 12 and 14. They lost a lot of big name guys, but they're still an elite defense. 
like that D-line, amazing. You got Joey Bosa, you got Melvin Ingram, and now you got Linval Joseph. And their secondary, with exception to free safety, is top tier. Um, on offense, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Tyrod Taylor. He's an efficient quarterback. He's mobile. Doesn't make mistakes. He hasn't been getting that uh, that workload yet, though. And I think here, when he has the love of the coaches and has that opportunity, he's going to shine. And you still also have Austin Eckler, dude, coming out the backfield. He's a monster. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is going to stick around. Uh, I think if they get off to a poor start, they'll throw Herbert in there. Um, still Keenan Allen, probably a top 10 receiver. Um, you know, probably right around that number 10. I had him going seven to nine. Um, that defense is legit. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Alex. I think record-wise, seven to nine. I just think there's a lot of question marks. They lost Phillip Rivers. Um, James, like you, you did mention, they, they've lost a lot of games last year, but by close margins. So I don't think this team was as bad as a lot of people think. Um, so I think they, are, they will be competitive, but I think it's a tough division. Um, I just I, I don't see them finishing with a winning record this year. Yeah, they're going to go 8-8. Eight eight. But Tyrod Taylor, when's the last time he actually played some minutes? With the Browns. He lost to the Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how it is, like what Alex is saying, if he has that rusty start or not. That's going to be big for them. Because everything has been said. I mean, they're, I, I mean, I wouldn't even be – I'd be surprised if they even made it 8-8. Eight eight, but I think they're just going to struggle. But, um, you know, so you, you say they're – you know, their defense is solid. So maybe they can pull out a few games. But I don't have very much trust in Tyrod Taylor just based on his lack of playtime. I think that I think that's the that's the big question mark I have. But I mean, I think I think he's shown some, you know, some glimpses of hope. But we'll see. Talking about fantasy, uh, as mentioned earlier, you guys hit the nail right on the head. Tyler Tyrod Taylor is not being drafted. He's only being owned in three point seven percent of leagues. So yeah, not even close. Uh, the big one here is Austin Eckler. His ADP is run is twenty two, running back number twelve. He's projected to do 237 points with seven total touchdowns. Um, I think he's being taken a little high here. Uh, he's going to take a step back because Tyrod Taylor is a QB. Tyrod Taylor is a mobile quarterback. He's not Philip Rivers. He's not going to check it down every single time. He's going to make plays with his legs. So, therefore, the reception count, if, especially in the PPR league, that's going to go down. You guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then uh, Keenan Allen, wide receiver, ADP is 56 going as wide receiver 21. He's projected for 211 points. Right now, he's being he's going after Calvin Ridley and Robert Woods, but before T.Y. Hilton. If you had a chance, would you take Robert Woods or Keenan Allen? Robert Woods. I might take Keenan Allen. I'd take Robert Woods for the fact what you just said about uh, Tyrod Taylor rushing more than throwing. <laughs> Goff is for sure going to throw more than rush, so that alone, I'd pick Woods. Fun That's fact about Keenan Allen. He's been targeted 758 times in his career, and 751 of them were from Phillip Rivers. Brand new quarterback for him. This is going to be different. Very Lastly, nice. you have Hunter Henry. Great uh, tight end, if you can say hen healthy. ADP is 97, tight end number nine. He literally catches everything in the end zone when he's healthy. So the biggest question mark is, is he going to stay healthy? Now we move on to the Las Vegas Raiders, another team that went to, that relocated formerly known as Oakland Raiders, for everybody who didn't know. But 2019, they went 7-9, coached by John Gruden, who is entering his 14th year of coaching. 
They were mediocre last year, uh, ranked 24 in total offense and 24 in total defense. Um, their weakness going to the offseason was their secondary. That's been their biggest problem for the decade. Um, they also need some wide receiver help too. You guys remember that whole AB saga? Like they need wide receiver help. So they went into the draft and they drafted Henry Ruggs with their first pick, number 12. That was a, that was weird for me because in my head, Henry Ruggs III was not the best receiver on the board. Um, the biggest thing about him was that he ran a 4-2-7-40. He's a speedster, but he's not the most physical guy. You need somebody, if you're going to be wide receiver one, you got to be physical. Um, they also drafted Damon Arnett, a cornerback, also in the first round. And then in the third round, they drafted two more wide receivers back-to-back. So like I said earlier, that was their biggest weakness, and they really filled it. Um, players moving on after this offseason is Mike Lennon. If you guys watch Hard Knocks, terrible, terrible quarterback. Funny guy. Um, they're also losing their uh, starting cornerback, Darrell Worley, Montez Burfecht, Carl Joseph as a starter, and Chalita Whitehead, the linebacker, is also gone. They signed Marcus Mariota um, for two years, $17 million. Nelson Aguilar from the Eagles. They got uh, Jason Witten, 38 years old. He's probably not going to do much, but he's a good guy to have in your locker room. Carl Nassib, the uh, math guy from the Browns a couple years back on Hard Knocks. Corey Littleton that we talked about last or two podcasts ago. And Jeff Heath. They also re-signed one of um, Alex's assholes, Richie Incognito, <laughs> to a two-year $12.7 million deal. He's a really good offensive lineman. Um, my prediction, but he's, prediction but he's an asshole, but whatever. He's a good offensive lineman. My prediction is that the Raiders finish seven and nine again and miss the playoffs. They're trying to start over new. It's just not going to happen, man. They're, they're not a good team. Yeah. I, I also have the Raiders at seven and nine as well. Um, pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, it's really weird to see the Las Vegas in front of their name. Uh, when I was writing my notes, I wrote down Oakland and had to cross it out. And put Las Vegas, even though I literally just read the Las Vegas Raiders. Because um, you're dope dyslexic. Ass, yeah. <laughs> oh, dope ass uh, new stadium, though, in Vegas. Uh, I've been going 5 and 11. Um, I'm not a big John Gruden guy. Um, I don't really think he's all that impressive. Um, and I've heard he's not, he was not that pleased with Derek Carr uh, when he came in. So I could see if they get off to a poor start. Um, given Mariota a chance, who has been success, successful in this league before. Um, you know, he lost the job in Tennessee to Ryan Tannehill last year. But he has, you know, he brought the Titans to the playoffs before. Um, I think there's a possibility Mariota ends up being um, a bigger factor than we all expect. Um, Josh Jacobs um, will be a fantasy beneficial running back for sure. Um, they should lean more heavily on him. And, they, you know, maybe they'll do better than I expect. Uh, like you said, Josh Jacobs, says Jacobs will be leaned on heavily. Last year, he was injured the majority of it. Um, fantasy value this year, he's going at pick number 21, RB number 10. He's projected at 238 points. I think he might actually go a little bit higher just because I don't know if Derek Carr will succeed, which gives way to Marcus Mariota. And Mariota is not. He doesn't throw deep bombs. He's going to check down. Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball more, a.k.a. more fantasy points. I think he should go higher than his ADP is suggesting. Uh, other than that, you also have Henry Ruggs. He's the only wide receiver worth being drafting for the Raiders. Right now, he's, his ADP is 111 as wide receiver 38. He's projected to go 169 points with five touchdowns. And the biggest name for fantasy in the Raiders is Darren Waller. 
That guy was a machine last year. Everybody, like, wow. Came up out of nowhere. He has a great story. Great guy. Overcome a lot of drug overdoses. But his ADP is 54, and he's going as tight end number five. Um, He's being drafted before Gronk and after Mark Andrews, which I think is a fair assessment right there. I think that's a really good spot for Darren Waller. What do you guys think? I agree. That's that's, value. Okay. Moving on to the Denver Broncos. 2019, they went seven and nine. Coached by Vic Fangio, had his first year last year. Their offense was horrendous. They ranked number 28, but their defense was stellar. I mean, they're top 10 in defense. The biggest thing uh, for the Broncos heading into the offseason was getting a wide receiver to pair with superstar Cortland Sutton and also cornerback out. And so they did just that. With the pick 15, they drafted Jerry Judy out of Alabama, which I thought was the best cornerback or wide receiver in the draft anyway. He's a refined route runner that can get open at any time. They also uh, drafted KJ Hamler, a wide receiver out of Penn State. He has a 4-2-7-40, but he does have a drop problem. And they drafted Lloyd Cushenberry with, his, with a third-round pick, and he's a center. Moving on, they lost Joe Flacco. I mean, he didn't do much last year anyway. He played in eight games before going on IR. But they lost a lot of key players on their offensive line. They lost Ron Leary, who was their starting, starting guard, and Connor McGovern, who was their starting center. They also lost Chris Harris, which I mentioned earlier, who's now with the Chargers. They did sign Graham Glasgow from the Lions, a four-year, $44 million deal. He's a really good guard. They got Melvin Gordon from the Chargers, Justin Simmons. Uh, they re-signed. They re-signed Shelby Harris, and they also got A.J. Boye from the Jags. My prediction is that this year they go 9-7. I think they flipped that record around. I think Drew Locke showed a lot of promise towards the end of the year there. And now he has really good weapons in Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Like, Cortland Sutton is – he's a bona fide superstar. He hasn't shown any just because he hasn't had a good QB, and I think Drew Locke can uh, provide that for him. They have a decent O-line, but it really just depends on how Cushionberry, the rookie center, performs. Um, they do have an elite safety combo in Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and that D-line with Von Miller still very scary. What do you guys think? I have them going 10 and six. Um, I think the Broncos are going to be a surprise wildcard team. Um, Drew Locke came on with the last five games of the year and surprised some people. And I, um, I think the running back tandem of Gordon and Philip Lindsay still there. Um, the Broncos defense, you know, still anchored by Vaughn Miller. It's getting up there a little bit. Um, I think the Broncos are a sneaky, sneaky team. I think Drew Locke is a sneaky late round QB draft pick that could end up carrying your team later down in the season. I yeah, I agree. Um, I have, I, I mean, I would say I see a 10 and six season. Um, again, I think I kind of re- am going to repeat what Alex just said. I'm even probably going to put some money on them winning the, winning the division simply because the, the return for the chiefs is so piddly. I mean, I'll throw, I'll throw, I'll throw a bit of money at them and get a nice nine to one payout. Cause you never know if they can catch fire. See where they go. Fantasy-wise, Drew Locke is being drafted at 166 at QB22. He's only 15% of leagues. If you can, you know, stash him a little bit, he could be good for you. Melvin Gordon, ADP is 41, halfback number 20. He'll likely concede some work to Philip Lindsay, so maybe that ADP is a little high for him. Philip Lindsay is going at 110, RB38. If you guys can get him that way, right there, that's gonna be you're gonna win. He's a, he's a sleeky, sneaky sleeper just because they do that tandem. Colin Sutton is wide receiver 15 at ADP 44. He's going right after OBJ and before Cooper Cup. 
if you had a chance to choose between Cooper Cup and Corlin Sutton, who would you pick? Cooper Cup, of course, because I believe in Cooper Cup. <laughs> I agree with Eric. Yeah, no, no statistical backing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna. I definitely go my boy. with Corlin Sutton. Corlin, Corlin Sutton all the way. Okay, moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. They went 12 and four Super Bowl champs last year, coached by Andy Reid. Statistically, phenomenal seasons on both ends of the ball. They're ranked number five in total offense, ranked number seven in total defense. They honestly didn't have a weakness going into the draft or this offseason. I mean, they want some depth at cornerback and linebacker, but really not that big of a deal. With the first pick of the draft, they picked up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. He's an all-purpose back, and I think Andy Reid finally got the guy he wanted at running back. I think he's going to be the dude. He's going to replace Damian Williams. Sorry, man, I love Damian Williams, but this guy, he's going to be the guy. Uh, they also got Willie Gay, a linebacker. He's going to be their starter right off the bat here. They lost LaShawn McCoy, who didn't play much anyway towards the end of the year. Emmanuel Ogba, who also didn't play a lot, and Kendall Fuller. But they did re-sign Patrick Mahomes to this massive 10-year, $503 million deal. They also re-signed Chris Jones, that D-lineman, to a four-year, $80 million deal. I don't know where they're getting the money from, but it's blowing my mind how much they can re-sign these guys for. Uh, my prediction is they go 12 and four, basically the same time, same thing they did last year. They pretty much everything have everybody they have on offense the same, so there's not much change there. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, I mean, let's be real. They're gonna win the they're gonna win the division. They might even, they're gonna be Super Bowl favorites, I think too. Yeah, I'm 13 and three. Um, I think Hardman takes a big step forward. Uh, I think he probably pushes Sammy Watkins and he's going to be the number two guy after Tyree Kill. Um, so he might be someone I'm targeting in drafts uh, once we get around to fantasy, fantasy football drafts for sure. Fantasy football-wise, Patrick Mahomes is going at 14, QB number one. He's being drafted ahead of Lamar Jackson. I know that's, a, that's questionable for some people. What do you guys think? Who do you guys have at, at quarterback, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Well, I had Jackson in our uh, – in our picks earlier, I think what he does with his legs um, will end up counting for more. Um, Jackson was QB1 last year. Granted, Mahomes got hurt for a little bit. Um, I don't – Mahomes runs, but he doesn't run like Jack. I mean, no one runs like Jackson does. But, uh, I don't, you know, if you snag one of the two of them, I don't think you're going to be that upset. Personally, I would take Jackson. Yeah, I, I just think Mahomes has more weapons to throw to. And so, for yeah. me, as a quarterback, that's why I would pick uh, – Mahomes over Jackson, but Jackson, like you said, also a great player. You can't go wrong with either one. The one knock I have on that is that Patrick Mahomes did get injured last year because he ran, so I don't think he'll do it as much, which gives the edge to Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back, going as running back 17. He's about to be drafted before Lev Bell, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon. That might be a little, be a little too high, but we'll see. Um, Tyreek Hill, wide receiver number five, going out pick number 12. He's being, being drafted before Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Is that the, good, is that the right choice there? Would you draft Tyreek Hill over Chris Godwin? You mean the cheetah? The cheetah, Tyreek Hill? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no questions there. And then Travis Kelsey, ADP is 17, tight end number one. Yeah, that's pretty much hands down. I love George Kittle to death. George Kittle's my guy, big 49ers guy. But Travis Kelsey will be the number one tight end. Thank you, James. And uh, when we come back, Alex is going to be talking more baseball. 
with his thoughts and predictions on the future MVPs and Cy Young picks. Stay tuned. And we're back. Alex is going to talk to you guys about future MVPs and Cy Young picks for this 2020 upcoming MLB season. Alex, hear what you got to say. Not the dog you, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't know what the dog's doing back there. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go over MVP Cy Young Rookie of the Year for both NL and AL. And then at the end, I want to talk about some crazy stats we could see in this 60-game abbreviated season. Um, but we'll start with the National League, and, you know, it kind of works out great. Uh, so for the MVP, I have Christian Yelich, which is part of the reason why in the uh, segment with Tyler hosting uh, that I had the Brewers making the wild card. And for the NL Cy Young, I have Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals, which is why I have the Cardinals winning the division. And then for the Rookie of the Year, uh, kind of a little bit out there because I'm not even 100% sure he's going to start the season uh, with his team, but I have Mackenzie Gore winning Rookie of the Year with the Padres. Uh, he's nasty. I think that with Mackenzie Gore, the Padres could take a big step up. I almost picked them as my uh, wild card, but I just couldn't give it to him quite yet. Um, so NL MVP of Christian Yelich. He probably would have won last year uh, if he didn't get hurt. Bellinger really faded towards the end. Uh, Jack Flaherty finished last season on an absolute tear. Um, he is a monster. And then Mackenzie Gore. Uh, Ty, I know you had some picks. What are your NL choices? Yeah, I got different ones for all of them. So, so this, this will be good. Wait. <laughs> yeah, so MVP, I got Ronald Acuna Jr. I just think this guy is one of the best talents in baseball. I think he's been training upwards the last uh, two seasons since he started in 2018. Um, I'm looking at him to be that MVP and to help lead that Braves to that division title. Recently, I got my boy Walker Bueller, my, my doppelganger. Um, like I said, I think he's also a guy that's been, been trending upwards the last uh, couple of years since he's broken in, into the league. Um, but this, the signing race for the National League is really close. There's like four or five guys that could easily win it. There's a lot of good pitching. Um, and then Rookie of the Year, I had Gavin Lux as rookie of the year. Um, but today we just found out that he won't be starting the season on the big league team. Doesn't mean that he won't rejoin like within a week or whatever. So that could affect it with a short season. So my secondary rookie of the year choice is Carter Keeboom of the, of the nationals. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think he's a, a legit option to replace Anthony Rendon. So uh, we'll see if he can step it up this, this, this season. So those are my picks. I think I actually think that Mookie Betts is a sneaky guy for that MVP award right there. Um, some kid on Instagram, thank you, 12-year-old kid on Instagram, brought up a really good point. How <laughs> when he was in Boston, they pitched around him. But you can't do that with the Dodgers. You can't pitch around him because they're too loaded. You're going to have to pitch at him. And I think he's actually going to shine. Like, he's going to blow his old numbers out of the water, especially in this condensed season. Um, his average should go up a little bit higher. But I think, I think he's a sneaky guy to take the MVP. All right, moving over to the American League, starting with the MVP. Uh, you have to go with the best player in baseball, and that's Mike Trout. Um, he probably should have five MVPs already at this point. He's probably the best player um, 
to ever play the game. He's definitely the best player I've ever seen play in person. Um, I think the Angels have a retooled lineup, uh, you know, with Rendon protecting him. Trout should just go off this year. Uh, so I have Mike Trout winning the MVP. Um, for the Cy Young, I kind of went a little out there. Uh, so I'm going Mike Clevenger of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, that's, again, based off of my pick from last week with the Indians uh, winning the AL, my pick to win the AL Central. Uh, Clevenger was hurt, but now with the season getting pushed back, he should be good to go. Um, I think Clevenger could end up being a top 10 starting pitcher uh, fantasy-wise, so I think he's going to sneak in with that AL Cy Young. I was really trying to steal him from James on uh, <laughs> fantasy baseball, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> and then for Rookie of the Year, I have Luis Robert of the Chicago White Sox. Um, they've pretty much said he is the next Mike Trout. Uh, he just hit a bomb in one of those inter-squad games. Um, he's the Number one prospect that's not named Juan DeFranco, I think Luis Robert, and he's already on the going to be on the big league team. He's already been signed to a big league contract, and he's never played a game uh, in in the show. So uh, Luis Robert for my AL picks. Yeah, like those hands picks. Down, hands down, Mike Trout. For the um, I, I um, Young, hey. oh, go ahead. For the side Young, you didn't pick Garrett Cole. I think Garrett no. Cole, dude, he's he might, in my opinion, he might be the best pitcher in baseball right now. Like he, there's a reason why he got paid all that money to go play for the Yankees. Like yeah, I think last year. Who won last year? He didn't cheat. Verlander won last year. Oh, he cheated <laughs> okay. more. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> How did he cheat? Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with your uh, Cy Young pick, James. I think Garrett Cole. It, he is. He's kind of the obvious choice to win it, but I think there's a reason for that. I just think he's. The, the best pitcher in baseball. So I just kind of have to pick Garrett Cole on that one. But um, Clevenger, I, I like that pick, Alex. That's, that's a good one. Uh, I agree with your rookie of the year. Like you said, he had, he had over like 900 feet worth of home runs in that inner squad game the other day. Um, this guy's legit. I'm really excited to watch him play this season. But for MVP, I'm going to go a little different. Mike Trout is the obvious choice for that one. But I picked the Oakland Athletics to win the division. And so I'm going to pick Matt Chapman as the MVP for the American League. Oh, it's a dark horse right there. Um, I think I think I like if there's pick. a guy, I think if there's a guy that's going to lead the that team, it's going to be Matt Chapman, and because of that, to overthrow the Astros, he's going to have a great season and he's going to take home the MVP award. I like that pick. Thank you. What are you saying, Trent? We're good. Is there an AL Player of the Year award? That's MVP, bro. <laughs> but there's an MVP for both leagues. What the fuck is this? There needs to be one only <laughs> most valuable player. Players, Shohei Otani, Dark Horse. Shohei He's going to play three days a week. Hit <laughs> <laughs> him every other day because he can't play. Nah, Shohei's never going <laughs> to He is very exciting to watch, though. He yeah. is very exciting to watch. I did say he might be the most exciting player last week, so you Angels fans can suck it. Uh, <laughs> I would also like to point out I fucking got a – Great, great trade with James in fantasy baseball. Uh, I need to keep my name, dude. Shohei Otani <laughs> for Aaron Nola and y Ryan Yarbrough. Dude, nasty. James, you, you fucked you up. Gotta do. You just got to do. You fucked up. You fucked up. You fucked up so bad. Yeah, um, all right. It's better than I'm Clevenger. Gonna... Come on, man. I was going to give you Clevenger. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> Should have done it. Should have done it, James. Uh, all right. So I want to go over uh, some crazy stats we could see in the 60-game season. Um, these are all – 
who like who just who fucking knows because this season is unlike any other we've seen. Um, so there's gonna be five of them. So I'm gonna go over them pretty quick. But uh, so first things, uh, 400 hitter. It hasn't been done since 1941 with Ted Williams. Uh, Tony Gwynn came pretty close in the 90s, but then there was the strike. Uh, I think he was hitting 394 at the time. Uh, the last person to hit uh, 400 over 60 games was Chipper Jones in 2008. Uh, the closest person last year was Cody Bellinger, who's hitting 376 after 60. Uh, some top candidates, uh, Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, and Luis Arez, who plays for the Twins. Um, I don't think it will happen personally. I think I've predicted someone's going to hit like 365 is going to be uh, the kind of top batting average at the end of this year. Um, but just real quick, do you guys think anyone hits 400 this year? No. No. Just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I want, it, I want to see it happen. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not the same as Ted, as Ted Williams doing it. But, okay. Uh, for homers, so the most homers over a 60-game stretch was 33. So when we were talking about how many homers you think Alonzo is going to hit. So John Carlos Stanton, possibly the strongest human being in Major League Baseball, hit 33 in 2017. Uh, I don't, again, that's ridiculous. That's a little, you know, obviously a little bit over a homer a game or every other game. Um, I don't think that will happen. There are a lot of players that have the possibility. Um, I think somewhere around 24 or 25 might be the limit on what people are going to get. Um, Alonzo, Stanton, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich are kind of some some guys. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to reach 33, but do you guys think anyone can get up to like 30? I think I, I think, think almost every other chance. Yeah, I, I I think with the the way home runs have been trending in this league the last few years, I think someone's going to get pretty close to 30, or if not more. Okay, <laughs> I don't I don't think so, but I will be. It'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens. Uh, switching to the pitching side, uh, so in a 60-game stretch, uh, again, these are starting pitchers. They only pitch every five days, but it's 133 strikeouts. Uh, so that's it's roughly 12 starts is how that kind of averages out. Uh, so both Garrett Cole in 2019 and Corey Kluber in 2017 did that. Uh, Garrett Cole obviously has a very good chance of doing it again. Verlander, Scherzer, DeGrom. I had my prediction at 111. Nice little cemetery <laughs> three ones right there. Um, so I don't think that will happen again. If someone was to do it, it would be Garrett Cole. He is a monster, but because I didn't pick the Yankees to win their division, he can't win the Cy Young. That's how it works. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think Cole or Berlander or Scherzer DeGrom, somebody else, can get close to that number? I don't know. No, I think it's. Gonna I don't think they play league. as much, just because I think they're trying to preserve them for the long run here. So I think they're gonna pull them earlier than they would have normally. So the bullpens will get a lot more work, just so that once they do hit that postseason stretch, they'll be fresh and ready to go. So with that being said, less innings pitched, less strikeouts. Yeah, I think if anyone can do it, it's Garrett Cole. But if he's not gonna do it, then I don't think anyone else will. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with James. Um, I don't. Most of these guys aren't even going to be built up to go more than about five innings for the first couple of weeks. I just don't think the innings are going to be there uh, for someone to hit 133. Uh, okay, second to last one, lowest ERA or ERA. Uh, Jake Arrieta in 2015 over a 60-game stretch had a 
4-1 ERA. He did win the Cy Young that year. He definitely kind of stole it away from Zach Granke, but 0.41 for Jake Arrieta. Um, some candidates for that, Garrett Cole again, Shane Bieber, Clevenger, DeGrom. Uh, I think if DeGrom's healthy, he did just get pulled uh, the other day for like back tightness or something, which can be way more uh, effect, like hurt you more than you kind of think. Like Kershaw had back, back tightness for years, it feels like. Um, I If DeGrom is healthy, I think he's the one guy that could do it. Um, but do you see anyone even getting an ERA under one? No. Other than like not starters only, not relievers. Right. I honestly, I think it's possible um, that we could see like a 0.9 or a 0.8 from someone. There's a lot of great pitchers out there. And with the shortened season and you like I said, you know, less innings, less chances to give up runs. Um, True. So I, so I think you could easily see a guy. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like a 0.4, like uh area to had but maybe like a 0. 0.9 0. 0.88 somewhere around there okay when did, when did that happen what year was it 2015 2015 so the yeah, juice ball has been introduced as of late and as you see everybody's going crazy with these home runs there's no way that gets under one there's absolutely no way less less innings whatever dude like somebody you're gonna slip up one time that thing's gonna be gone there's no way very true yeah uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking like 1.5 is maybe where someone will end up. Um, Hyunjin Ryu had like a 1.4 halfway through the season last year. Um, I don't think he will do it again because he moved uh, to the AL East. But uh, yeah, I think like 1.5. And that's my very last one is the best team record over a 60-game stretch. And that is my boys, Los Angeles Dodgers. They went 51-9. and nine over 60 game stretch in 2017 that is bonkers uh there's no way anyone anyone does that this year um i actually have the best record i think the dodgers end up with the best record at 43 and 17 so that is as close as they can get and that's still eight games difference um but what do you guys think i'm assuming you're going to agree with me that no one's going to get that close to that oh no yeah, I mean, I projected the Dodgers to go 37 wins, so 43 might be a stretch, but it's definitely plausible to swing a couple of those games. There's a chance. And if it, anybody's going to do it, it's going to be the Dodgers. They're just stacked all the way around. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. the Dodgers, too, you also look at the division that they're playing. Um, yeah. That team compared to the rest of the division is probably the biggest mis mismatch there is. Um, so I think if there's a team that can get in those mid-low 40s, I think that the Dodgers will do it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, the Yankees obviously have a chance. They're very stacked. Um, I think they're going to get there more like the 37, 38 kind of range. Uh, but that's it for me. I hope, you know, we see some crazy stat in this 60-game season. Um, you know, obviously, we didn't really think what we will. Uh, but you never know. That's the beauty of baseball. You might, you know, not that you can go to a ballpark, but you never know. Something crazy might happen. I think D. Gordon's going to hit like 37 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like him yeah thank you alex um when we return guys one last segment Traden is going to give you the facts and the fiction on the nhl east play-in round welcome back 
Traden is going to talk NHL Eastern playing rounds. Traden, I'm excited to hear your insights, just like everybody else. Take it away. Yeah, I'm sure someone. I'm, I'm glad someone is uh, interested in what I have to say. Uh, we got uh, okay. We've got number five C5 Penguins versus the number or, uh, C12 Canadians. Um, let me just start. Penguins have their you know their Sydney Crosby there, Evgeny Malkin two two one one A and one B in terms of the uh, in terms of the centermans for the past. Uh, 15 years feel like it seems like it's been forever um plus they have you know big big names like jason uh jason zucker brian russ patrick hornquist and they're likely going to get back jake gensel um which is as i mentioned in my uh in my post there he's one of the most important players just simply he is an x-factor for them when he's on he people were rattled with you over that oh they were no because no one fucking understands you know how this game works. So uh, <laughs> the offense was ranked 10th. middle schoolers. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's because I can't, I don't talk great greatness about Sidney Crosby every single second, you know, they all get pissed off. The offense was ranked 10th at the break. So that's pretty strong considering they've had a, they've had a number of injuries this season. So I, I think that's pretty, pretty incredible considering, um, especially against a Canadian team who is ranked 19th in offense. Um, they just, they just don't have the firepower um, right now. And I think they're still more of in a rebuild mode. And actually, I think they're kind of surprised that they're even given an opportunity to make the playoffs here. Um, the bad part of the Pittsburgh Penguins is their defense. Um, and that's, in my, re- in, in my opinion, that's probably why they got bounced last year. Um, they have kind of turned it around. Um, I mean, they rank 12th in goals allowed, but, you know, their goaltending is terrible. So it's anyone's, it's anyone's guess what can happen there. Um, Montreal's not too far behind. Um, but I guess, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of this matchup here? I think, uh, the Canadians have a way better goaltender. They got Carey Whoa. Price. Yeah. Is he okay. better though? Is he here better? we go. Here we go. Okay. Time out. Uh, Carey so Price. Price is better than, uh, Tristan Jerry. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Matt point. Murray actually has proved himself, but I feel like he's kind of slipped off the, the deep end lately. I, I agree with you on those two points there. Um, Matt Murray is kind of losing it. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it, it, like as soon as as soon as they got rid of Flurry, Matt Murray just started to kind of go down and trend down. At least he beat the Sharks, though. So I'll give him credit for that. Um, Carey Price is arguably one of the most is one of the greatest goalies of our generation. Um, he just hasn't played up to his potential at all um and i think that he has an opportunity to turn that around within these next five games and then get into the playoffs and show that guys i'm still worth what i'm getting paid he gets paid i believe 12 million a year um i'd have to double check that but i'm pretty sure it's 12 million the highest paid goalie in the league and he does not play up to that and i think if he did the montreal canadians would be in a much different um position what about what about you uh alex yeah i had Pitt in three um Price could carry the Canadians for sure. I just don't think they have enough to deal with the offensive firepower of the Penguins, especially, you know, kind of what I talked about with the Wild last week. Um, obviously, the Penguins have – they've won three cups. Uh, Crosby has three cups. They know what they're doing. Um, they've now rested their legs. I had Pitt in three. I don't really think this is going to be much of a series at all. Yeah, I think I think we agree. I think we had him going in four. I had him going in four because I, I had to give the Canadians something. Um, but I think I don't fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, James, I think you said three and zero as well, right? Three, yeah. All right. It's not even like it's it's yeah, it's easy. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I also have Penguins in three. I got a half so, and five. And that's wow. what skewed our rankings. Yep. Okay, Bye. moving on. <laughs> seed six Hurricanes versus the seed eleven Rangers. Um, offensively, the Rangers rank fifth in goals per game, um, but really, that's really only held up by the amazing. Um, uh, the amazing season of Artemi Panarin and the uh, the incredible goal scoring of Micah Zibanejad. Um, it, it's pretty much the only one, the only two are producing anything. Um, so they're kind of like a two-headed beast, but they have nothing behind them. Um, Carolina's a little bit more, you know, I'd say they're a little bit more balanced, but they just don't have that, quite that oomph. But if you're, if we're talking about playoffs, depth is important. So I think that it, I think it could go any way. Uh, I think that the Rangers are going to need bottom six to do something to to go forward here. Um, and you look at Carolina's defense. I mean, they're, they're they have a strong defensive core, both you know defensively and offensively, for that matter. Um, Dougie Hamilton should be back, um, and he's he's one of the league's best. Um, he's a, he's a leading ca- uh, candidate for the Norris um, almost seems seemingly every year. Um, and New York is just has no one behind them. I think they're ranked, yeah, they're ranked 23rd in goals allowed per game and 30th, um, in shots allowed when you're giving up that many shots to a team that, you know, is a little bit more balanced up front. I mean, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, a little bit more, we got, um, Carolina's goaltending, I think is their biggest weakness. Um, Peter Mrazek, from what, I, from what I can always remember, Peter Mrazek has always been an eh goalie. Uh, he played up in Detroit um, and, as a backup, and he, he just never – he never took off. He finally took the – he took the reins from um, – who was it back then? I don't remember. His Jimmy name. Howard. It was Jimmy Howard? Yes, that's who it was. Oh, my and God. Eric added something that actually made sense. It, it, yeah, talking it, hockey, it, not baseball. Dude. Hockey history. <laughs> But he, he just never wowed me. I mean, I think he wowed me a, a, you know, a, a few games you know, here and there, but I think he never really wowed me on a consistent basis. Uh, and James Reimer has put up solid numbers, but I, I, you know, I, I just think that that's their biggest weakness. And then you have the, the Rangers side. Um, you know, I go back to the Oilers, how they had a two-headed beast, in, you know, and, and they were sharing the, the net mining between uh, Mike Smith and uh, – um, I can't even remember my own damn goalie um, – it's been a long week, boys. Um, You're talking about Oilers? Yeah. Fucking Koskinen? Koskinen. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right, boys. It's, it's been a long week, all right? Too many um, truly white cards. Yes. Way too many white uh, truly. It's too many. Um, the Rangers have been running Hendrik Lundqvist, uh, Alexander Gorgiev, and these rookie Igor Shishirkin. Love that name. Um, th- these guys, I mean, they all have pretty solid numbers. Um, even even Shosturkin, who has a small sample size, but he has the strongest numbers. I think that they could really go anywhere. Um, you know, they can really fit whoever's hot and and let her let her roll. Um, I don't know what do you guys think about this series. I think this goes to five. Uh, I think for me, this is classic offense versus defense all the way through. So whichever way the puck falls, that's what's going to decide the game. It's really going to be. So who you it's going to come down to luck. I got the uh, the Canes going to five. Hmm. We had actually the Rangers going in five. Yeah, I, I had the Rangers going in five. I didn't. Canes in five, bro. I got Canes 
winning this series, whether it's four or five games, but they are fourth in ranked in penalty kill. That's probably one of the most important things you could have in the playoffs. Kings, when they won their two cups, we always bring it up. They were number two, I believe, in their penalty kill. If you have the squad out there that could stop the power plays from scoring, that's pretty crucial in the playoffs. So, which, which actually, I have to admit that kind of that, that ranking that they're as I see, they just say Carolina's ranked fourth in penalty kill, eighty-four percent. I see that actually surprises me, considering your goaltender, your goaltender is the reason that you're typically the reason that you're in the top ten, if not in the top fifteen, and being ranked four with goaltending that's. Eh, it's pretty incredible that that really shows how much of a you know shot suppression that those defensemen on the on, uh, on second the and block shots. Yeah, there you go. There, there's your answer right there. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think that special teams may play a big part in the in a tight series like that. Moving on, let's look at the um, seventh seeded Islanders against the tenth seeded Panthers. Um, we don't really hear about these teams much besides the Islanders fans being fucking terrible and. <laughs> not knowing where they're gonna, I, I literally don't know where the Islanders aren't gonna are gonna play every week, let alone every season. Um, they play a very defensive system under Barry Trotz. Um, Barry Trotz to me is one is kind of their most important person on the team. <laughs> um, he kind of is the greatest coach in the league, in my opinion, right now, um, in terms of defensive system. Um, but that has led to a weak offensive squad um with the islanders they're ranked 22nd in goals per game and there's you know and obviously they, they play that game where they they just score enough goals to make it in and then they just you know uh, you know swallow up the game on the defense who are you know have a bit better ranking in terms of you know offense they're ranked sixth um with jonathan huberto and alexander barkov kind of leading the charge there I think offensively, clearly the the Panthers have the have the edge, um, but the Islanders will be able to easily swallow. Or not easily, but they'll be able to swallow that up if they continue to deploy that that defensive game. And going back on the defense, I think that um, I think that they have the clear advantage. Um, I don't. Besides um, besides a few few players um, or the pan uh, on the Panthers side, I don't I don't see them being able to you know beat them defensively. Um, I, th- I just think that the Panthers are just going to have to figure out a way to get over that type of system. And it's very frustrating to play, to play a system like that that just shuts you down time after time and you never get a chance to really move the puck in the offensive zone. And I think that that's going to be the Islanders' key to win. Um, moving on to goaltending, Panthers have invested an insane amount of money with, for, on Sergei Bobrovsky, and he has been a big pile of shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he posts he he posts a 900 save percentage with the goals with with you know goals saved above average of minus 15 almost minus 15 in 50 games. I mean he's he's letting in he's a sieve he's a fucking sieve he's Swiss cheese um, and a 10 million dollar piece of Swiss cheese I might add. Um, and then yeah, on the other side you have Simeon Barlamov and Thomas Grice who are who rank eighth in collective save percentage. I mean that's that's fantastic. You can really pick on any guy to kind of um, help you through any kind of situation and, you know, ride the hot hand. And, you know, I think they definitely have the, the edge. Uh, what do you guys think? It's a duel of the Russian goaltenders, the OBS, Bob Barofsky and Varlamov. Uh, Varlamov was all, has always been pretty good. He's battled a lot of injuries when he was on the avalanche. And uh, 
this could be a, a good little restart for them. Um, but, you know, it's whoever shows out for them, I think, will win the series. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have Quenville, coach of the Panthers, fuck the Blackhawks, the old team he used to coach with. So if he could spark some fire in Bobrovsky, you know, it might be a little dangerous. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close series. I think it's going to go to five. Um, but in a playoff series, I'm just going to go with that defense over the, over the offense. I think the Islanders have one of the top defenses in the league. So I think that gives them the edge in the series. Yeah, the Islanders in four. Um, you know, they kind of remind me of the Kings of, uh, you know, yesteryear, whatever. And, you know, they're going to win two to one, three to two, three one. Um, like Traden was saying, I think that defense will just swallow up the Panthers. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to pick the Islanders to go much further than where they are right now. Um, but I think they will get through this relatively easily. I think I agree that I think this this series will show that they can win games two to one. But the, 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 the times of winning series, multiple series, consecutive series two within two to one, three to two games is long gone. You cannot do that anymore. This game is way too high powered, way too, way too, um, you know, way too goal scoring oriented. And I just don't think that I think that they need to figure out a way to put the puck in the net. Um, I think that's going to be New York's biggest problem. And I think that that's why I had uh, Florida winning. But again, you guys, it could, it could really go either way. I had it going five games, so it could really go either way. Um, let's finish up with the seeded eight maple shits, I mean Leafs, um, and the seeded nine Blue Jackets. All right, I'll say it. The Maple Leafs have one of the league's most pot- pot- potent explosive <laughs> in, in Austin Matthews. John Tavares. You good, bro? Mitch Marner. William Nylander. These guys are fucking amazing. Um, they rank third in the league in goals per game and sixth in shots per game. They are a powerhouse. Um, you watch when you watch Mitch Marner. I think you know at times he's one of the greatest hockey players. You know besides Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl that that are on this planet. He makes passes that I that blow anybody's mind. And then you have Austin Matthews who can literally shoot from anywhere. Um, William Nylander has really turned the corner from from his you know his debacle last season and turn into someone that we expect to, we expect of him. And then John Tavares has always been freaking amazing. Um, the blue jackets on the other hand, they're tied for 27th in the league on offense, uh, despite ranking eighth um, in shots per game. So they just don't know how to put the puck in the net, which is unfortunate. Um, um, so obviously the offensive <laughs> um, uh, advantage goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs in this one, but this is where, it ends because defensively the Maple Leafs are atrocious. Um, they rank 26th in goals allowed per game and 19th in shots allowed per game. Columbus, on the other hand, has has limited their opponents big time, ranking third in goals um, allowed per game and seventh in shots allowed. Um, John Tortorella to me is like is one of the most interesting and fun coaches to watch. I think he's very very smart. I think I, he's a very smart coach. He's explosive. He's an asshole to the media, and I absolutely love it. And he does not take the kind of shit that Toronto Maple Leafs employ at, in this, you know, dipsy doodle. I'm not going to play defense type of style. Um, also on the on the defensive side for the uh, for the Jackets, they got Seth Jones, who is going to win a Besna in the next couple of years, in my opinion. Um, I wish that some of his greatness could could rub off on his brother, so that the Oilers could have a Norris, Seth Jones. Right? Norris, Norris. Seth, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but he is one of the best talents I've ever seen um, 
you know, at his age. And I think he's definitely going to um, continue to turn some heads going forward. Um, goaltending, Frederick Anderson, they, I mean, has not had the greatest season, and I really don't really blame him considering this def- defense can't do shit. Um, it's not, I, I would say that the Leafs need to play more in front of him if they, if, if he wants to continue, he's, he's extremely solid. He just can't do it all. Let's just put it that way. Um, on the other side, Elvis Merzlikens, this young goaltender, 26 years old from he's a weirdo. He is a weirdo, but he has stellar um, stats, 0.923 save percentage and a, and a goal saved above average of 12 in 33 games. He he, to me, Elvis Merzlikens is, is like the Jordan Bennington of this season. Jordan Bennington completely came into the St. Louis Blues um, you know, lineup last year and won them the cup. I will, I'll go down in, I will go down and say that he won them the cup. Um, and Elvis Merzlikens could very well be that guy this year. Uh, what do you guys think? I think um... – the Leafs have their ultimate test. They've always had the issue with having the toughness and the grit these last few years in the playoffs. They did pick up Kyle Clifford, ex-King, old goon for the King squad that used to be that tough, grit guy for them through those runs and just always with them. Um, he's going to help play a role, but this is their ultimate battle. Tortorella and the Jackets, just a hard-nosed, grit-grinding team that wasn't even supposed to be in the playoffs. You know, can they get past the tough grinding team? We'll see. Yeah, I have the Leafs in five. I think they finally do show up. Um, but, yeah, Eric, I agree with you. Obviously, the Blue Jackets show up in big series. Um, they came out of nowhere and swept the Lightning last year in the first round, which I don't think anyone could have predicted. Um, I agree. Seth Jones probably going to win a Norris Trophy somewhere here in the near future. Um, Columbus is one of the highest-ranked teams um, in that Corsi. Uh, factor we were talking about yesterday, um, which is, it's very weird and it's a lot of math to kind of figure out how Corsi works. Um, but the, you know, teams like the Kings and the Blackhawks in you know the mid 2010s were high up on that Corsi rankings, and that's the reason why they won five cups um, between the two of them. Um, so I have the Leafs in five. I don't feel super great about it. Um, I think the Blue Jackets could be a surprise team. Um, that could push further into the East than I think people will give them credit for. Yeah. I, What's significant I, about that Corsi ranking rating, by the way? So, so Corsi ranking, I'll, I'll do a quick, um, you know, quick synopsis. Basically Corsi ranking takes shots, shots on goal or, sh- or shot attempts divide, or, and divides that by the shot, um, the shot attempts against. And, and I, yeah, that's. I think that's how it goes. Generally, like, how effective are you at getting shooting the puck generally in the direction right. of the opposing net, and how effective are you in blocking the other team from shooting it? Or, so or the higher the number, the better. The, the higher the number higher means the if you're if you're over fifty okay. percent, it means you're possessing the puck more than fifty yeah, percent of the game. Possession, how effective? Yeah, it, it's oh, sorry, arguably that, one of the most cool. looked at five on five stats in in the game. And it's, and it's something that I just this year have really started to focus on um, because I, I, I like to see the teams that win the Stanley Cup generally have a above 50% um, Corsi rating. That's why I don't know if the Oilers are going to, you know, the Oilers, for example, are going to win the playoffs because they are win the Stanley Cup because they don't have that type of, of stat. Yeah. So, uh, uh, 
what were you what were you saying um tyler uh, I was just saying that uh, I have the uh, Blue Jackets at five just because, uh, I, like I said, like last year, you know, they, they swept the uh, uh, Lightning. I think they're a stingy playoff team. And maybe this is the Kings fan of me talking, but I'm just going to pick teams that just have the better defense in series most of the time, it, 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 especially when they're, when they're close like this. I mean, it's an 8-9 matchup. Um, like I said, I mean, yes, the, the Leafs have a great offense, but the Blue Jackets just have the better defense, in my opinion. And so that's why I'm picking them to win the, win the series in five. And, you know, I, and I, think, I, I think I agree with you. And going back to what I said earlier and that you can't win games two to one, you can't win games seven to nine or seven to eight every game, every, every game. or you can't win them seven to five. Like there's just not that, that many goals that go in. You know, I think it's more of a four to three game and – if you're if you're letting in seven goals, I don't care how many like you have to score that many to even win these games. If you can't keep the puck at your own net, you're you're destined to to destined for failure. And I think that that's in, in my opinion, um, we do have the Maple Leafs. I believe we have the Maple Leafs going in five. I was reluctant to say that just because the, I have to give the edge to to the the Fab the Fab Five up there. Um, but if they're gonna they're gonna face Boston in the first round of the actual playoffs, and then they'll get smoked again. I mean, I know that those go to seven every single every single year, and then it could be fixed in some cases because once that seventh game happens, the Maple Leafs just they get the shit kicked out of them. They get their shit kicked. They get their shit pushed in every single year. So, gross. Um, There'll be a test for Elvis though, having to face that Fab Five. It, on the other it, it, it definitely will. It definitely will, and and I think it'll be interesting. But um, we have the we have the Maple Leafs going in five. But I really hope the Blue Jackets make it in five. <laughs> Columbus. So, that's all right. Advice. Well, uh, thank you, Traden, for that. That was some great insight, and I'm glad I actually had some facts to chime in on with. <laughs> um, so yeah, guys, just to let to remind you, follow us on social media. You can see all these people getting rattled, not just with me, with Traden, with Alex. Somehow now, all of a sudden, they're agreeing with Tyler. It's right. It's all these. All these. Dude, like, they they think I'm the They call, they call guy, me. Guys. a perfect list. I got a perfect list comment. I think that was like How's a twelve year old. Twelve year old. Hey, yeah. I'll take it. I'll. I'll, I'll a compliment's a compliment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so follow us on social media like these crazy 12-year-old middle schoolers um, and go like our podcast. Give us a five-star rating because you love us and because we're really five-star podcast <laughs> hosts. And one for each athletes. of us. <laughs> yeah, one for each of us. Exactly. Big math. Um, <laughs> but yeah, share with your friends, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And uh, thanks, guys. Keep listening. Hey.